The Florida Gators may very well have their 2024 starting quarterback in DJ Lagway. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And now is going to be joining me, Brandon Carroll from All Gators. We're talking DJ Lagway, Jamonte Waller. Jere Hawkins and Kanan Daniels. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brandon Carroll. And Brandon, you've been here before. You're going to be here every week for the remainder of the summer, at least. And Brandon Carroll is, of course, with all Gators. And I'm throwing the haymaker at you early here because I feel like every time that we talk about DJ Lagway, it comes up like, can he be the true freshman starter? Is Graham Mertz going to come back since he has another year of eligibility? Um, is is Jack Miller finally going to establish himself as someone that can play? Is Max Brown going to be the guy? Every every time, 2024 is just kind of a toss-up here. Do you think that DJ Lagway could even maybe be a starter in 2024 for the Gators? Absolutely. And I don't think it's a relative uh, question of if, it's more of when. Because I think that Lagway is supposed to be Florida, the Florida's you know, savior. Uh, of this program, especially under Billy Napier's reign. He is the best quarterback recruit that they've had since Tim Tebow. And I, and it's not relatively close. I mean, Will Greer could be someone that you want to you know talk about, but obviously we know how that situation went down. But he's probably the closest one that they've had to being an actual uh, guy coming in that everyone believes that can excel at this level. And he's proven it in you know the camps that he's done uh, on tape. And just really every time he steps on the football field, it seems that he has the intangibles to be able to be a starter in year one. He has an explosive arm. It's one of the strongest arms I've seen live. Uh, I think that it's really a positive that he already has a college-ready build, stands around 6'3", 230, is going to try to play at 225. Um, so he's, he's in the process of getting that weight down, really just dropping some extra – um, extra, you know, fat of what's left because he already has just a muscular build in general. He looks the most college ready of any quarterback at this stage in this 2024 class. So he has everything that you need uh, to be able to succeed. He has a baseball background, allows him to kind of play with arm angles and things like that that have really become become coveted of quarterbacks, uh, you know, in this new era of football. Patrick Mahomes made it popular and kids are carrying it on and lagway is one of those kids that can really get it done in that area. So you need someone to roll out of the pocket, make a, you know, pass around an edge. He can do that. He can take his arm and pump it to the side and kind of make a sidearm throw out to the boundary and zip it there. It's not like it's going to float. So he has all those things. And because of that, it's going to be hard for Florida to sit with what's potentially going to be mediocrity from the other two uh, or, you know, Max Brown, if he, like you said, kind of, finds his way into the starting rotation. 
uh, you know, into the starting, I, I don't want to say rotation, but in starting conversation, it's a lot to put on a freshman, but I think there's a very good chance that DJ Lagway is at least starting games towards the end of the schedule. If not early on in the year, game two or three, after we see what happens with Miami in week one of 2024. Yeah. Um, two things. One, we need to stop the show because you completely destroyed my heart by even bringing up Will Greer. Um, that was, let me tell you that, that, that one hurt. Um, but also, yeah, like, like you mentioned the, the arm angles thing is an important part because I feel like you mentioned Patrick Mahomes kind of, kind of made it cool. He, he, yeah. he made it popular to do. I feel like we're getting to the point now where, which is weird because Patrick Mahomes is still very young, but I feel like we're getting to the point now where we're like, Patrick Mahomes is doing for arm angles what like Steph Curry did for like insane three pointers. Like like he he changed the game to that extent where now that's just a thing now. And and like if you can't do it, that's kind of a a, a negative for you, uh, which is just still wild to me because again Patrick Mahomes is like my age and that, <laughs> that hurts a bit that uh that he's making an impact at, at that young. And yeah, now I'm sitting in my office. They have fun yeah, stuff. Thanks for ruining my day, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, but just in general, it's like, you, it is weird, but it's getting to a point where it's not like, Oh wow, this is so spectacular from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, this is something that we want our quarterbacks to do, but if they can't, it's fine. It's almost as if a lot of teams are looking for guys that can do this that can do the things that Mahomes has done. He's, like you said, changed the game. He's changed how you recruit quarterbacks. And I think he's changed how you draft quarterbacks too. And I think Anthony Richardson's a great example of that from this past draft. Because, yes, Anthony Richardson has all the intangibles. His production in college was skeptical. You know, it is it is not what a lot of teams in the past have done. A lot of teams have taken the guys that are very productive in college. They have the background to support it. Now it's all traits-based. And I think it's the same thing with college football recruiting. You're looking at traits. Can this guy perform at a high level when he gets to college? But does he have the ability to do so with what he carries in arm strength, in arm angles, and being able to make throws off platform? DJ Lagway is great at making throws off platform. If anything, he makes throws off platform too often. <laughs> so it's just like there's so many different things that can go into how you recruit and how you target a quarterback. And I think a lot of the time you're looking at what's currently working at the highest level of the professional game. And right now the prototype is Patrick Mahomes. So obviously he's going to be the one that everyone draws uh, comparisons to, or at least they attempt to whenever they're coming out of high school or even college uh, heading to that next level. Yeah. I feel like there's just a checklist of like what Patrick Mahomes can do. And when you watch a high school or college quarterback, it's just like, all right, can he do this? Can he do this? Great. And that's what we're looking for. But uh, for Lagway at this point in his development, what would you say is not even the biggest like weakness? Um, one, because I hate that word. And two, he is a child. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and, and talk about the weakness, but what would you think right now is probably the biggest area where he needs to focus on improving? Yeah, I think I'm going to kind of shut down a myth about Lagway that I think a lot of people have kind of latched on to uh, since he's, you know, kind of stood firm in Florida's class and they realize, okay, this is going to be our guy. Um, it's the mechanics talk that he needs to work on his mechanics. I think there was a point where they were a bit shaky, but he's improved a lot since he committed 
and since he finished his junior season. And, you know, he's had shaky uh, appearances at camps and things like that that have kind of worried people. But when I got the chance to watch him at the Elite 11, this guy was one of the most mechanically sound quarterbacks out there. I think Julian Sayan, obviously, the winner of the Elite 11, he was top. Like, it was, it was not very close. He was the most fundamentally sound quarterback there. But DJ Lagway looked very, very good in terms of just being able to get the ball out, get it out quickly. He didn't have a huge windup or anything like that. Um, the zip looked good. He kind of slashed. He cut down uh, instead of cutting this way. He cut against his body whenever he threw the football. So it's just little things like that that have really stood out to me about Lagway that makes me think that, you know, Florida doesn't have as much room to grow or he doesn't have as much room to grow with Florida's coaching staff as many people initially believed for him. Uh, and But the biggest, you know, uh, area of improvement, I like to say, instead of weakness, is probably, like I said, his um, kind of pocket presence, his pocket uh, ability to make throws with pressure in his face. I think he's kind of gotten used to being able to win off the, you know, uh, kind of playing off platform, which is fine at this level, uh, at the prep level, because uh, he doesn't have much time behind Willis's offensive line. And that's not necessarily a knock at Willis. That's just a product of high school football. It happens. And so he's gotten used to playing, you know, he gets one second in the pocket and then he's having to move and he's having to improvise. And that really is a big reason why he's so highly touted, but I would like to see him make throws from the pocket more consistently, at least in terms of just sitting through letting pressure come into his face and working into, you know, just kind of stepping into throws in that regard. That would be the biggest area that I think that he can really take that next step of his game. If you watch his spring film, which I know it's spring and it's practice, there's three or four plays out of like, I think it's like five or six minutes of film, if not more that he makes in the pocket and the rest are him rolling out or him evading pressure and him just, I mean, he's putting balls on the dot. Like he is putting them right in the bread basket, but it's still, there's a step need to be taken from the pocket. And I think that if he makes that, then he could be challenging for a week one starting starting spot next year. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, you know, that being a product of just high school football, not having time in the pocket, like, I've, I've always said for an offensive line, like it's easy to run block. It's easy to get downhill and just push people. It's hard to really work in pass protection. And I have also mentioned multiple times that I, I am not from an area that has a lot of great high schools. So um ran the ball about 80% of the time there. <laughs> that, that's just the, the spread across New York city. It's just that we run the football a lot and we're yeah. still not even good at that. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. New customers, guess what? You get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can bet everything from, I don't know, let's say Braves Moneyline, Shohei Otani home run, Lucas Giolito strikeouts if you want to do that. You could do it all with FanDuel and don't miss that chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Flipping to the defensive side here. Jamonta Waller was, was a big signing that a lot of us were like, maybe, but not even that early. And then, of course, things happened. And Jamonta Waller became a Florida Gator. And depending on where you look, whichever recruiting site you want to look at, there's no consistency. He's either a linebacker or an edge. Long term, where do you view him playing for the Florida Gators? He's going to play off the edge. He's going to play under Mike Peterson uh, at that outside linebacker spot. And, you know, he's they brought him in to rush the passer. They they brought him in to be that kind of jack. Uh, what Prince Liam and Mellon is going to play this year, that's what he's going to be. Uh, you know, and I think the only reason that people are even putting him at linebacker is because he's only 6'2". Uh, and, and if he wasn't 6'2", it would be he'd be the top edge in the country. If he was 6'4", he is undoubtedly the best edge in the country. He is very talented, uh, quick get off off the line is really able to kind of, he's very, how do I want to say this nuanced in the way that he rushes the passer. He has an arsenal of pass rushing moves that he's able to use against offensive tackles. And he can even stunt inside to work against guards, which at his stature, you wouldn't expect for him, but obviously he's just so dynamic. He's fast, he's powerful, and he makes plays so well, uh, just whether it's, actually making the tackle or making, you know, a play in the backfield or pushing opposing teams into his teammates because he comes off the edge and they start panicking. And you see that a lot in this film. They're like, Oh my gosh, he's already here. And so if he's able to do that consistently at the next level, it's going to be very, very fun to watch from him. Um, But I think that the one thing that he's able to use that really makes me think that edge is his spot is his length. Because even though he's 6'2", he has really, really good length. Uh, you know, he's just – he's long arms. He's able to punch quickly, make first contact, and he uses that length to his advantage even though he's 6'2". He has the long arms and he has a small hitbox. So he punches initially, gets his hands on the offensive tackle, and then the offensive tackle tries to lunge or, you know, reach for him, and he's not there anymore because he's already moved. Like, it's, it's an interesting way to kind of see how – the game has changed in terms of how you want to get, you know, guys off the edge. And I think we're continuously getting towards more of these speed rushers, but he is the outside of the two inches short. He is the prototype for the, in terms of skill set for those edge rushers. And I think there's a lot of promise if they put him in that pass rushing role, which I know that they will. Yeah. Um, and so with Jamonda, like, like, I know that's, you know, he's a linebacker or he's an edge. We fully expect him to play edge. Let's say that that doesn't work out and they do move him off ball. Like, let's say, hey, it turns out you are too small for the SEC. Is it a strong selling point for Florida to just go, well, guess what? Austin Armstrong is our defensive coordinator. So even if you are a linebacker, you're going to rush the passer kind of a lot. Yeah, I think, I don't think Jamonte will necessarily be the one that gets moved. I, I am very confident, like 99% confident that he stays in that edge spot and he has success there. Uh, And I think Austin Armstrong is a big reason why he can be able to do that because they dial it up so many different ways, play multiple front, 
Uh, they really like to get after the passer. And if you have a guy as quick as Jamonte Waller off the edge, that's exactly what you want. You want, you know, those guys to be able to ball snapped, quick burst into the backfield every time. And that's what Jamonte can do. And then let's say he, you know, is kind of pushed off ball. He can go play in, in, you know, coverage at times and dropping back from that edge spot. We saw we've been getting, we're beginning to see that more consistently just in football in general. I know I got to watch Josh Allen drop back into coverage last year against the Titans in the playoff game or like the, you know, game to get into the playoffs. And I was just like, okay, um, so this is happening. So this is, this is a full on, we are changing the game edge rushers that are, you know, whether they're big or small are dropping back into coverage. So it's just little things like that, that are going to be so um, important for versatile players like Jamonte and Austin Armstrong being one of those kind of leading uh, faces in that endeavor, in that ability to, you know, send those simulated pressures and things like that is a selling point. And it's not even relatively close uh, in terms of who is going to be those, uh, that main figure for Florida. You're going to look at this, this defense. And you're going to be like, Oh, Austin Armstrong has his imprint on it very quickly. We want to go play for that guy. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine that it's just going to be incredibly aggressive and I can't, like, I'm here for it. I know that after yeah. this past season, I was like, Hey, I like what Patrick Tony does on the back end, but I want you to be more aggressive. And then yeah. he went to the Cardinals and they were like, okay, like we're going to get you a guy who's very similar to Patrick Tony on the back end, but he's incredibly aggressive. So very much looking forward to that. And like you mentioned before with Jamonte Waller, like even if he's not the one making the play, he can help get, he can help force the ball to his teammates that's why pressures are more important than sacks people. Like I know every like college football fan is like, you only had three sacks. You had 73 pressures. So, so we're, we're cool with it. Um, And so that's where it's like, yeah, I don't care about the sack. If you can get pressure way more important. Also a sack, you tackle them for a loss of pressure. You can force them to throw picks. So fantastic there. Um, But we had all Gators equate him a lot to uh, Yannick Ngakwe from the NFL. We think he's very similar in just terms of being able to, create pressure like that and uh, just make disruptive plays in the backfield. Unique Ngakwe is one at his peak was one of the best strip sack artists in the NFL. And it's something that obviously you want a longer shelf life from Jamonte, but he is kind of got the skills that unique had when he, especially when he was in Jacksonville uh, to be able to make some of those uh, I, I just game changing plays uh, on a consistent basis. So that's what we over at all Gators believe that he can be for Florida's defense under this new, like aggressive tendency defensive scheme that they have going on in Gainesville. Man. Uh, if, if Jim can get the chop like Yannick, then it's he, he's it's got, over. he's got quite a few moves. He has a, he has a uh, inside to out spin. That's, that's pretty dirty. Uh, he faked an inside spin once uh, and it was on his tape. He kind of like hit like a 180 and came back around. It was pretty, I mean, it's just little things like that, that you do not see very often from high school kids. And I think a big thing is him just experimenting, which is great. You want a kid that's almost bored with the game that they're like, all right, we're going to try to find something new. And if it works, we're going to keep going to it. He has really, there's only a few things that he has left to add, but he has tried at least once of really anything that you can think of when it comes to getting after the passer and working one-on-one with that offensive tackle. Yeah. I like that you mentioned the half spin because 
I think it was a, a week or two ago that yeah. I, I was doing an episode about Princely. And I was just like, if he could add a half spin, like he's just going to destroy because he's already got a solid spin. So like if he just add the half spin, he's going to live in, in the backfield or if he can add that more consistently to his repertoire. So, I mean, just, just put it off a, through hell. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard move to add. It is. It's not something that's easy because to do so you're taking your eyes off the quarterback for an extended period of time. Cause it, a spin, it's just one quick second quarterbacks in your blind spot or, you know, you don't, but that half spin you get to where you're back of your helmets facing the quarterback. And then you have to flip back around to the same position. You were just looking at him. So if you take that half spin a second too late and you turn back, he's already outside of your contain. So it's just little things like that, that make it difficult to do effectively. Yeah, um, I'm I'm very excited now for Jamonta Waller. So thank God it's it's a full year and and two months away from getting to see him actually play in a game for the Gators. But um, we're we're flipping to the skill position side now on offense here. I wanted to start with Jeray Hawkins, who, by the way, like I, I've said this every time I mentioned Jeray Hawkins, I love that his nickname's Tank, and he's five foot nine, 160 pounds. <laughs> he's smaller than me, but he, he is nicknamed Tank, and I love that. But just what are your thoughts of him fitting in with this team early on? Yeah, I think there's a lot that they can do with him. And it it kind of brings more excitement to the offense. I think that they're going to try to go more balanced once they get those pieces in. Uh, And I think we talked about this not too long ago on the show, just how it's still going to be a run-based offense, but it's not going to be the 60-40, even 65-35 split that we might see this year. Uh, because of just circumstances uh, in general and uh, mostly the quarterback. But I think there's a lot that Dre Hawkins can do for this team. Obviously, 4-2-5 speed uh, clocked at Ohio State camp. That's outrageous because he did it as a sophomore in high school. A sophomore in high school running a 4-2-5, that, that is point zero sums six seconds away from the fastest combine time ever. And he's doing it as a 10th grader. That's ridiculous, but he can. And and you look at it on tape and that shows up. He's so elusive in the open field. He's a deep threat. He's has the ability to really play into deep defenders blind spots. So he's not going to be someone that is only able to get open by gadget plays and things like that. Uh, Billy Gonzalez equates him a lot to Kadarius Tony. I don't think he's as twitchy as Tony was in the open field. He doesn't have, you know, his ACLs aren't rubber like uh, Kadarius Tony's were, so he's not going to make those crazy, you know, cuts. But he's faster in the straight line, so you get him in the open field, and he's going to be able to kind of split defenders just the way Tony did, and he'll probably be able to pull away at a higher clip than Tony ever did. So it's just there's so many different things that they can do with him. And they have a coach that knows how to develop those type of players. Cause we, if we remember Tony took a huge step from 2019 to 2020 in terms of just being able to route run and being able to be a true wide receiver. And so you get that with Jeray Hawkins immediately and you kind of let him say, okay, this is what we did with Tony this year. We're going to do the same thing with this guy who already has some of those uh, talents to be able to route run uh, at a you know higher clip. There's still room for improvement, but it's, gonna be fun for him to be able to get the ball in his hands and that's that's not to mention a guy like Isaiah Williams who can really do a lot of the same things he's uh more of a straight line kind of a true wide receiver out of the slot he's not going to be that guy that you you know hit a you get a quick hit or two out in the boundary or 
um, really just uncork it to downfield, which he can do, but it's just I don't feel like that's going to be his role. He'll be more of a possession receiver from the slot who can make uh, explosive plays. But it's just Florida's heading in a very fun direction, and they're heading back in that, okay, we need to get speed outside. And they haven't had that in a while. They've had the trees, which the trees worked for a short period of time. They're not working anymore. So why don't we, why don't, this is what Billy Napier was saying. Why don't we revert back to what worked at Florida when they were on top? And that's exactly what's happening. They're getting the speed on the outside. They're getting pass catchers at tight end and they're looking to get those X receivers and they're just going to spread the ball out the, you know, the, in the passing game and they're going to run the ball down your throat. And that's going to be the consistent game plan for Florida once they get all these pieces in here. And it looks like they're trending in a very fun direction for offense moving forward. Uh, do you ever play like NCAA 14? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's it like knowing that that was actually just Billy Napier role-playing game? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we're taking quarterback that's fast and can throw far. We're taking speed demons at every level of the field. And we're just going to go that. Who who knew that a decade ago we were actually just role-playing Billy Napier. It's, it's, yep. it's crazy stuff. It's fun times though. <laughs> but uh, in the backfield, there's Kanan Daniels is is the only running back committed to the Florida Gators right now. Personally, like I've said, I'm I'm a huge fan of his game. I love what he can do. Do you think that he has it in him to eventually become a a lead back for this rushing attack? So I don't think this rushing attack will ever have a true lead back. I think it's always going to be that one-two punch at least. This year it's going to be Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, and then you'll get sprinkles of Cam Carroll, potentially even Trayon Webb as the year rolls on. And we saw that at Louisiana Lafayette with Napier coach teams. They like to run the football with a bunch of different dudes. And so that's what they're going to get. So they're still on the market for a second running back since Chauncey Bowens flipped. So I don't necessarily think that Kanan Daniels can be that top back because I don't because I think that is reserved for just generational kids. If you have a kid that's like un, out of this world, they will put him in that top spot. But until then, it's not going to happen. Um, and that's not a knock at Kanan. Kanan's very good. I, I enjoy watching his tape. I don't think he has the breakaway speed um, that a lot of you know guys that you know want to have in their running backs. But he's elusive in the open field. Uh, can really find holes well. I think he and in bursts toward them. So he's patient in the backfield. So whenever he gets the ball, he kind of takes a second, looks at the looks for his his hole, and then really punches through it. And that's a big part of just playing running back in today's age, if you can find those holes and burst through them, you're going to be able to get four yards to carry uh, in, in front of, you know, with the SEC offensive line in front of you. And he does that really, really well. So I do think that there's going to be a lot of production that comes out of Kane and Daniels, and he is going to eventually climb into a role where he's going to be getting a 50% split, a 40% split of the carries with whoever his tandem, you know, backfield partner is. And I think there's a lot that you can look at and see in his game that say, okay, this guy is the real deal. And, you know, it might not be ideal because you wanted Bowens to be that power back to uh, Kanan's change of speed kind of um, – because it's not like it was a power and speed back combination, but it was more of like a power and then a mixture of power and elusiveness. Because Kanan has the ability to kind of run through uh, a defense lineman or, you know, kind of create through – using his lower half to push the pile. And that's something that they're going to want with him, especially now that they don't have Bowens, but they're still looking for those pieces that can tandem with him uh, in this 2024 class. And if it doesn't happen, it'll likely come through the transfer portal. Yeah. And um, I'm always one where 
I, I say like don't, don't put too much into highlight tapes, but I will say if you watch Kanan Daniels highlight, I think it's like the first play. He like cuts inside or he's he's headed outside, cuts inside, cuts inside again, and just keeps and it's just it's just dust everybody. Uh, and vision is he is he is one of the best in terms. I think vision is such an underrated aspect for running backs in going from high school to college. Cause I think vision is so important. You can have everything that you need, all the intangibles, all the, you know, uh, height, weight, just everything like that. But if you don't have the ball carrier vision to be able to see where holes are opening or where to bounce the football, you're not going to be able to kind of hit those home runs. And Kanan might not, not ha- he might not have the straight line speed to be able to outrun players, but he's going to find ways to cut back and, you know, make someone run past him. And then he, there he is off to the races with really no one, within sight and there's multiple times he does that in his tape which makes him the the player that i really enjoy watching um in those highlight tapes because i agree with you i think highlight tapes can often uh kind of tell a different story than if you were to get a full game tape but his production at the high school level shows that there is room um for him to be very very good at the next level and the highlight tape kind of echoes that uh in a sense with his ball carrier vision and it's so so important for running backs in today's age yeah um he's he's fun he, he, he's he fun especially when you're watching when, like when you watch him and then you're like okay like he's gonna be playing this florida gators this billy napier offense where they like to go zone blocking wide zone scheme a lot and you say okay well wide zone you're just blocking horizontally to create a bunch of vertical rushing yep. lanes and so having vision is easily the most important thing that's why Montreal finds success. That's why Trevor Etienne finds success because it's all about finding that rushing lane. So for Kane and I'm looking at him and I'm like, all right, like dude's going to play. Like, like that's, that's all I know is that he's going to play in this offense. He's a great scheme fit. It's, it's a perfect fit for him. It's a perfect fit for Florida. They, they both do things that aid the other. And because of that, they could be a solid match uh, whenever he gets his time. And I think there's, you know, they're, they they want to add another, but I think they're in a fine position with him uh, as their lone running back commit in the class at this stage. Yeah, um, I would I wouldn't be panicking if I was Billy Napier, and I'm like, all right, well, it's because like I I hate using production, but I understand production, especially at running back, yeah. is at least somewhat translatable. Yeah. And it's like, I, well, you, you can cut his yards per carry in half, and he's still averaging five yards per carry, yep. and then yep. so it's just like insane that 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 is what Florida has, and that that is who so many Gators fans are like, but his rating, and come on, yep, it's it's just a product of sometimes competition uh obviously there's times where uh guys are lower rated just because they play against guys that might not be as as highly rated and that's a product of uh you know not not just mississippi football but you know there's there's levels at florida football or georgia football that the guys that are uber productive um like someone like kaden mcdonald from last year a north gwinnett kid that went to ohio state on the defensive line was an interior defense lineman had one of the craziest interior defense line stats I've ever seen in my life. Wasn't he was like a four star, and I was like, this kid is crazy. But it was North Gwinnett, so they're gonna. Uh, it's just there's weird things that go into it, but there's a lot that is intriguing with Kanan's game, and I think there's a good chance that it translates uh, just like a lot of the stats for running backs often do. Because if you can run the football, you can run the football. Uh, you can tote the rock. You're going to be able to make a make a name for yourself at the next level because 
the end of the day, it's still toting the rock. So it's in, in, in this system, it, it's going to be beneficial for him to have that experience getting, getting those 10 yards per carry at the, at the high school level. So it'll be fun to watch him. I'm excited to see. I think he's definitely one of my most like, okay, I want to see how this turns out because there's so much unknown with him uh, compared to some of these other guys where I'm like, oh, he's going to hit. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Brandon. This was Brandon Carroll with All Gators. He'll, he'll be here next week. You know that. Like, we, this is established now. He will be here next week. He ends the week for us every Friday. So, I love it. But thank you so much, Brandon. Absolutely. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be back Monday talking more Florida Gators football, unless some big news happens this weekend, then who knows? But for Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all on Monday.